Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Back to local programming for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of your moment here with Trent and myself. Uh, on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today in about 25 minutes in his normal spot, at least for a couple more weeks, we'll talk to our friend Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal-Star. Come get your whooping, Sip. Yeah, his team did. Again, his, well, his team's been whooped, what, four times? Uh, I wouldn't call the Iowa whipping. It's, it's not the actual game. It's what happened off the field. The clapping. Yeah. The excuses. The awful look for Nebraska football. M- more so... More so Scott Frost. Yes, absolutely. More so Frost. Frosty the coachman. Anyways, uh, Sip will be here in 25 minutes. They play Purdue, but I'm going to focus, not all of it, I want to find the pick his brain on Illinois. That's who Iowa has this weekend after all. So Sip at 1025, Lincoln Journal stars where you can read him. Uh, Bill Bender will join Trent and I to talk about the latest college football playoff rankings that were unveiled last night. Get his take on Kirk Herbstreak walking back what he and David Pollock kind we were chuckling about during the abbreviated half-hour show last night as we had plenty of uh, college hoops on TV, which was fun. Uh, so we'll talk to Bill Bender at 1045. It's Wednesday. That means Cappy's here at 1105 Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cap. A uh, good day to get Cappy, non-tender deadline day in Major League Baseball. What does that mean for Bryant? What does it mean potentially for Schwarber? Those seemingly are the two uh, that are getting most of the focus on will they or won't they. Cappy on that and, of course, the Chicago Bears and where do they go from here. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cap. We're grateful to them for that. Uh, he'll Join us at 11.05. And then Vinny Iyer uh, from the Sporting News, Northwestern grad. Uh, he covers the NFL for the uh, Sporting News. And we'll, um, how about this, maybe do a little preview of today's action <laughs> at 2.40 in the afternoon. The Steelers and the Ravens. And the Ravens getting 10 from Pittsburgh but won't have their quarterback. ESPN reporting that neither of their running backs, uh, Dobbins or Ingram, who've both finally made it to Pittsburgh, they couldn't travel with the team, but they're unlikely to play. So I don't know what that does for the number. I mean, it's RG3, and if the running backs can't go, um, I don't know what that does. It's 10 now. If you think it's going to move, grab it now if you're so inclined. Um, Fun fun day. So we'll do that with Vinny Iyer uh, and go around the NFL and pick his brain on what he thinks some of these playoffs uh, teams as we get closer to that. Big day in college basketball yesterday. College football playoff uh, unveiled. Iowa State is at 9 that's rarefied air for that team uh, that resides in Story County. Very, um, yeah, look, it's good for their fan base to see that. I remember when in 2015 when Iowa was creeping up, creeping up, mm-hmm. creeping up. It was fun to watch that show every Tuesday and how high would they go and what can they do and is there a pathway, dot, dot, dot. Well, there's a pathway to Indianapolis and there certainly was a game that had they won, uh, they would have had the privilege of taking on Alabama. When I saw the number nine ranking, I thought back to the last time they were number nine. Yeah, they played Oklahoma. And it didn't go well. No, it didn't. As uh, they were 
what, down a couple of scores uh-huh. early. And Heisman, Heisman uh, favorite at that point was Seneca Wallace. It was 35 nothing at the half, uh-huh. 49-3 final. So that number nine, just uh, that's the first thing that jumped in my mind. Maybe that's my sick, twisted mind, the first direction that I go there. But you're absolutely right. Rarefied air, it is a great, great thing. Uh-huh. Pump the brakes a little bit. You got a tweet. I got a tweet yesterday. You know what Iowa State should do. Schedule BYU for well, the 12th. I saw it. I don't think they can. Look, that'd be great for BYU. Why would Iowa State right. do that? They're not getting to the college football playoff. Well, there's a path. There's, there isn't. No, no stop. Stop. I, 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 I'm, stop. I'm going to, I'm going to no. lay out a path for Iowa Trent, they need five things to happen. All right. I agree with you. It is not going to happen. But to say there's no path, I don't think is right. So here's my opinion. And I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame beats Clemson. Yep. Alabama beats Florida. Mm-hmm. Ohio State can't play this week or next and get beat by Iowa or Wisconsin. Okay. Not Northwestern. A&M, they have to lose. Mm-hmm. And they play Auburn and Tennessee. Cincinnati. Still can lose. Has to lose to Tulsa, who they play twice. Mm-hmm. If all those things happen, and they won't, Iowa State is going to be in the conversation on Sunday following championship Saturday. A two-loss Iowa State team is still not getting in over two-loss Clemson. Over Clemson. That's the the conundrum. They're not getting in over a two-loss Georgia team. They're just not. See, Georgia Trent has no... They don't. Give me Georgia's best win. They don't have one. They don't have one. I'm just telling you the reality of this. They're not going to get... Iowa State will leapfrog Georgia if they beat Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. If they beat West Virginia and Oklahoma, Georgia's out. Because Georgia can't do anything. They will jump over Georgia. They will go from... Where are they now? Nine and eight? They leapfrog Georgia. Georgia's not a factor in this thing. But all the other teams ahead of them have to lose. And they won't, but there is a path. And it will come down to, and I agree, Clemson two losses, Iowa State two losses. If all that happens... The trend is not going to, but there's a path. That that path, though, I think is still roadblock by undefeated BYU. I still believe in... Can undefe- they jump that high? Yes, they can. Yes, but, they can. But they're we, not playing. They've got one game left against... Doesn't matter, because they rip it up every week. Remember, yeah. this is a new resume every single week. But and they when moved you get up to that, one spot this week. It, they moved up one. It's not moving up. Remember, this is a new set of rankings. You know, People talk about Iowa making this big... You only win by six at home against Nebraska. You mm-hmm. jump by... That's not what it is. Right. It is a completely new set of rankings, nice. and you're totality of your resume is brought to the forefront once again. Mm-hmm. That's why they do this idiotic exercise of going oh, through it every single week. I love it. It is a waste of money, a waste of time. Not my time. I look at I don't I don't turn to get to 6:30 last night. Oh, what I wish I could have had that half hour back. No, or I'm, wish I'm talking about the people back. that actually put the work in to do this. And the reason that they do it every week, you can't look at it just like that. That's it's it's to hype the sport and it's working. TCU Beats Iowa State 56-3 to and drops uh-huh. two spots. Uh-huh. Was that four years ago? Right. That's what happens because, again, they redo it every single week. This is not the AP, the coaches pull. You can't look at it in the same vein. And if it gets to that point, with all this craziness, an undefeated BYU team. With no championship, Trent. And no Iowa State's got a Big 12 championship. Still not going to matter I, because there's a Sun Belt loss on there. And there's a second but loss But the Sun Belt team is now ranked. <laughs> okay. And that, that matters. That matters. If I mean, we're talking about minimally. the fourth spot, all this craziness happens, right? And you have undefeated BYU and two loss Iowa State. You think two loss Iowa State's getting in? Over I do. Them. I, they don't like BYU. They don't like their schedule. If Iowa's got Iowa State's got two wins over Oklahoma, 
And the Texas win, okay, Texas isn't as shiny as we thought that they once were. Um, they're, they're going to get in over BYU. BYU is locked out. I'm, I'm convinced of that. There's no pathway. The Georgia thing, they'll leapfrog Georgia with another win over Oklahoma. What Georgia about Miami? Can't... They'd still be in the mix. Yeah. They won loss. But, yeah, but they sit behind. Uh, but they, they're they not, do. They're but not going he... to play for an ACC championship. That's true. How about that? The changing of the rules of the ACC on the fly. Right. Big Ten, you listening? They'll change the rules. You think so? Yeah, I'm convinced. If Ohio State doesn't play another game, they will change the rules. See, I don't think so. I think they're too steadfast in this. But they, and this they, is they, the we rules. thought we were, they were steadfast in August and into September, and then yeah. all of a sudden, Arr! well, Arr! sir, yeah, I had it the whole time. Well, he did. I wonder what his take is on Iowa State. Who? We'll give him a call. Who? <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a Big Ten dude. Anyways, um, the other fun. big story is Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah, so I was watching it live, and this this all this is pursuant to Michigan and. Herb Street is convinced. Ohio State began practice yesterday, though Ryan Day won't coach this week against Michigan State. He thinks that because he, as he said, he has talked to coaches, uh, Power Five coaches, and whether they have planted this seed or they've mulled, uh, they they've tossed this scenario around, he believes that Michigan is going to claim COVID like Florida State mm-hmm. did with Clemson mm-hmm. and not play the football game. And David Pollock, just as a way to get back at Florida or at Ohio State, right? You can't beat your rival on the field, but we can keep him off the field. It, it was was kind of what Herb Street was saying without actually coming out and saying that, although he alluded to it. So David Pollock starts chuckling. They have their little discussion about that. They both believe that that could realistically happen. And Reese Davis who was about to go, I don't know if they're going to break to get to Barta or wherever they were going, Reese Davis said, I'm going to give you, and I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to clarify what you just said. Do you really believe that Michigan would forfeit a game against Ohio State and and take the competitiveness of Jim Harbaugh and Michigan football's brand and stay at home because they're scared to play their rival? Do you guys want, do you want to walk that back? And they kind of did, but they really didn't. Yeah. It's... Well, it's really interesting because it's a thought I think we've all had. Sure, I think it's fair. Right. And Herb Street talks to people. Uh-huh. It's not you and me talking. This is a guy that is as plugged in as anybody. Right. Joel Klatt then had a series of tweets also talking about the same thing. And oh, I didn't see that. From many coaches that have told him the exact same uh-huh. thing, that there are teams that don't want to be embarrassed. Right. That they don't want to go out there with... Not a full squad, a squad that's going to get clubbed, and they don't want to go on the field mm-hmm. because they know what the end game is going to be. Let's hear uh, those Herb Street quotes. Is this the walk back, or is this actually what I he said? I got both of them. Okay. So let's uh, let's hear first what he initially said on the college football playoff show. It's our Urology Center of Iowa cut of the day, Kirk Herb Street last night. Now it comes down to they were going to play Michigan State Saturday. I still think Michigan waves the white flag, potentially avoids playing Ohio State next week. And then, David, they'll, they'll potentially get a game on the 19th. They could be sitting there with six games. Um, and Michigan, is that fair, David? Michigan could opt out, basically, of that game and keep Ohio State out of six games to qualify for the Big Ten championship. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, uh, that's exactly what he said. They had their smiles and their little mm-hmm. chuckles. And then Reese Davis gave them an opportunity. He kind of walked it back a little bit, but they really didn't. So here's my question as we're about to hear the mea culpa from yes, Kirk Herbstreit. Yes. Was he forced? 
Did did ESPN mm-hmm. did um, did someone suggest to him? Look, I think he's a really good egg. I do. I, I do too. I, yes. I think I don't think he's a gotcha guy. Right. Right. Um, but he's on ESPN, and this is a pretty buttoned-up thing with college football mm-hmm. playoff, etc. This isn't like you or I or or a sports talk radio host throwing that stuff against the wall right. and see if it sticks. Yep. Which we do on a regular basis, Absolutely. right? Um, after all, Tyreek Milton's out for the year. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, is he not? He's not? Okay. Six catches. Yeah, right. Um, but you get my point. It's one thing for, for sports talk hosts to do that. It's another thing for Herb Street. So here's the mea culpa. Do you think it was forced before we hear it? I don't think there's any doubt. that. And he mentions Harbaugh a couple of times. I, this is a shortened clip of it, just 30 seconds of it, but goes a little over it's, two minutes. Yeah, it was two minutes, 20 seconds about. He, uh, but he mentions Harbaugh twice. And I wonder what their relationship is. You know, same era. Yeah. Herb Street a little bit younger, but still... Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that they cross paths, that they know oh, each sure. other, that they probably have each other's cell phone numbers, uh-huh. and very well could have been a phone call from Harbaugh said that wasn't fair. And, and it could have been as simple as Interesting. that. Interesting. Could, could, that it could, could have, have came from yeah. right there. But here it is, the, the audio cut from him going and just opening up his phone. This was not from ESPN. It was just him putting it up on Twitter. Just wanted to just uh, speak for a second about some comments that I made earlier tonight on our college football uh, ranking show, made, made some comments about Michigan, about the potential of them waving a white flag and, and intentionally trying to avoid playing Ohio State by just saying, hey, we have too many cases and, and we're going to opt out. Um, I have no business at all saying that. I have no evidence of that. It was completely unfair to the University of Michigan, uh, to Jim Harbaugh, to his players and coaches, and I just want to apologize. Uh, so there you go. Uh, it was, I'll tell you, another reason why I love the TV show, Trent. I, yeah, I yeah. know I can't get you to tune in, but I'm locked and loaded. I DVR it. it. And, uh, yeah, I went through it last night, but I'd already seen the Herb Street stuff that was going nuts on Twitter. So uh-huh. I, I knew there was a lot more work to be done than normally on this one. But that was a huge, huge, I, where did it come from? Was yeah. it the bosses? I wonder. Was it somebody you just respects? Mm-hmm. Or... Did he get a guilt trip? Because normally yeah. if you say something that's kind of, should I have said that? And, mm-hmm. and if, if you do this, if you do this for a living, you've had those moments, yep. right? Yep. Oh, I wish I would have done it this way. Should I have said this? Am I going to get in trouble for that? Dot, dot, dot. Maybe, maybe he thought. Decided on his own. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I will be inter- We'll never know. No. We'll, no. we'll, we'll never know. But uh, he thought uh, he thought he should walk it back. And that's what he did. All right, so go ahead. That's our Urology Center of Iowa cut of the day. Schedule your vasectomy, of course, coming up to the end of the year. You hit that insurance premium. Get it done right now. The Urology Center of Iowa, Dr. Kellerman, Dr. Kenny, and the whole group over there, iowauro.com, or give them a call to set up that vasectomy appointment, 515-400-3550. Thank you to the Urology Center of Iowa for our audio cut of the day. All right, uh, basketball from last night, Trent. Oh, fun uh, night. It was a fun night. Here's, here's a couple of my, maybe my biggest takeaway from last night. Um, Michigan State's pretty good. Michigan State is a team that usually gets better as the year goes on. Uh, Izzo wants them peaking towards March. Mm-hmm. Trent, they're off to a pretty good start. Uh, that, that was, that was kind of eye opening for me last night. You know, despite the fact that they that they lost what they did, um, 
they got some dudes. I mean, Hauser can play coming mm-hmm. out, uh, coming off the transfer. A couple of guys off the bench. Marble was terrific in the basketball game. Hall was fantastic. I thought he hurt himself on the dunk when he hit the deck. <laughs> I really did. I, oh, my God. This kid's not getting up from that. Um, Rocket Watts. Rocket Watts is fun to watch. He is gets out of control at times. Mm-hmm. But it feels like those moments are being reined in even more. He's so fast. Right? Yes. That nickname, I mean, he comes by it honestly. Joshua Lankford will get better. Agree? Yes. I mean, yes. he's knocking some rust off. Yep. And Henry, just yeah. solid, consistent. They were lucky to get him back. That's a really good team. Yeah, it is a good team. You can get them at DraftKings right now at 16-1 to 1 to win it all. To win it all. What can you get them to win the Big Ten? Uh, they're, they have not moved those odds. It's still Iowa plus 285, Wisconsin plus 310. Where's Illinois? Illinois is 355 and Michigan State's plus 360. That was at least as of about 9 o'clock this morning. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm already on Illinois. I've already fired at that. And by the way, what uh, Baylor, Illinois tonight, late tip, 9 o'clock. Yeah, because they're playing in the same venue. You have West Virginia, Gonzaga beforehand. How good is that? Because West Virginia is a pretty good team. Oh, yes. Normally, 25 minutes. That's what you get between Uh games, 25 minutes. They're putting an hour between. so they? they? So they can disinfect the floor, the benches, get everything buttoned up. They wanted mm. to make sure that there was enough time in between there. So Weird to watch the benches, isn't it? Yeah, spread out there. Underneath the basket, for crying out loud. And the endless chin mask that the coaches are wearing. Yeah, why bother? I agree right, with right. you. I, I agree with you. Let's that, get, that was fun. That was good. It was a fun night. Uh, yeah. Just real quick, Kansas, Kentucky, my takeaway. Kentucky can't shoot. <laughs> Two threes. They had none against Richmond in the loss earlier. Defensively, they're long, they're lanky. Boston's going to be a star. Yes, that, that kid is yes. really, really good, mm-hmm. and he's fun to watch. Where the, are you on Kansas? I I don't know what to make. They're they're not great, right? This is not a national championship. Team. I don't think so either. But with Bill Self, they're going to be good. I I mean I could you and I can. I mean they might be the third best team in the Big Twelve. Yeah, at best, right? West Virginia and Baylor both think yeah. I think are better. And I know Texas Tech lost to Houston. They'll come around. They're going to be good. Yes, and they're still mixing in a lot of new parts uh-huh. there. We've seen Texas. Texas right. is looking really good. Yep, they and, play early t- again today, right? Yeah, yeah, be- because of the Jimmy B Classic. Uh, North tonight. Carolina. Yes. In you know the championship what? game. Let me know how it goes. I'm watching the NFL. You're watching the yeah, NFL. Yeah, we're running out of NFL. Okay, you're going to jump in that yes. one. Oh. And, and what was the last time? Well, there wasn't. Right, you right. Could, yeah. you watch a it. Wednesday afternoon right. game. That's what we're going to get. But, yeah, really fun night of college basketball. Saw a little Wisconsin. They looked really good. It was against UW-Green Bay. So. Yeah, I didn't but, watch But uh, Bo Ryan's son is the coach of UW-Green oh, Bay now. So that's why I jumped on the Phoenix. Yeah, that didn't turn out very well. An even 4-4 four and four night in college hoops last night. Uh, what else was there? Watch a little Creighton. Creighton's good. Yep. They're finally back on the floor. They played I watched, Omaha. I watched some UNLV just when... Uh, Caleb Grill was good last night. I, yeah, Trent. I mean... I'm glad he transferred because I'm sick of gorillas heating up. I mean, Chris, you killed, you, you ruined it for a lot of people. And then he's tweeting about it again last night. And he's actually, he was pissed off that the club, I mean, that's how he sounded. Yeah. You know, I think I think he realized enough's enough. The grill is heating up. It's red hot. Good God. He's in the right enough. spot. He's, yes. He's a Mountain West player. Not a starter in a Big 12 team. No. He'll be a nice player there. Absolutely. Jeff, real quick, and then we'll get a break. Get Sip in here. Get Bill Bender on the college football playoff rankings. Jeff, what's on your mind? Ken, here's what I got for you. So, bowl talk. First of all, the Clones got a win Saturday. Now, from there, what I've done, my background and my knowledge, if they lose to Oklahoma, they go to the Cotton Bowl. That's yeah. a great bowl. Absolutely. That's a great hit. Okay? Yep. If, they, if they win, forget about the top four. 
when's the last time the Cyclones Fiesta. turned a Fiesta Bowl? Right. What's, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So those are my two points there. And here's some points I didn't tell you a couple of days ago. Before they beat Texas, they were 0-43 in November against rate teams. 0-43. <laughs> wow. Okay. Second point. <laughs> Matt Campbell is four and six against Oklahoma and Texas. Now you may say ah, that's that's you know below five hundred. Before Matt Campbell, they were eight and eighty-eight. <laughs> yeah, I let those two facts soak in, and it's just another remarkable year the Cyclones have had. But they got to take, like I said, they got to take yep. care of business. Saturday, switch and note. Uh, give me Illinois outright minus five and a half. Give me the Illini. Bye-bye. See you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Taking Illinois tonight. I like Illinois tonight, too. They're getting five. I'm jumping aboard. I on have that not one. seen Baylor play yet. I want to. I'm, yeah. well, this is going to be a, Trent. This is a hell of a day. It is. This is a hell of a day. We, and I figured out ESPN Plus. Look at that. So away I go. Right? And you're uh, going to figure out Zoom this afternoon for our TV show. Yes. So we're zooming the TV, our, our MediaCom inside the numbers gambling sports wagering show that we do each and every week. Got a Mr. Technology there. over there. We got Mr. <laughs> Monday Night. Mr. Technology. My technology. Uh, Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. He's next. It's 1022 with Miller and Condon. Fun open here today. Just the fact that we're talking about this. or yeah. okay, it's How thankful we are to have this. I don't want anybody to come away saying that dope is saying that Iowa State's going to be in the college football playoff. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> absolutely. People don't listen. Yeah. It's okay. You know Miller thinks Iowa State's getting uh, in the playoff? He's lost it. This dude, I mean, <laughs> I knew he was old, but gosh, gosh. Mr. Technology's struggling. Right. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Miller and Condon continue with Stephen M. Sipple. Bill Bender on the playoff at 1045. Cappy's here at 11 on non-tender day in Major League Baseball. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO and 106.4. It's time for Sip. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk corn huskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. All right, uh, just about 10.30 here on a Wednesday morning. Always grateful to talk to our next guest, longtime friend, Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. Uh, he joins the program. We'll recap the Hawks. We'll take a look at their next opponent, Purdue, and I'm going to pick his brain on Illinois, who the Hawks play this weekend. Stephen M., Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on, Sip. How are you? Uh, I'd say good. How are things in Des Moines? Things are good. You know, Sip, on uh, Friday night, I found myself glued to your little video chat, you and your colleague Parker, wherever you were staying in Iowa City. You were both back in your respective rooms. I watched that for about 25 minutes, Sip. I found it very informative. I can see why people tune, tune into that. That's nice of you. I will say this. We have, I think, we have the best beat writer in the country. Parker Parker Gabriel is a name people should know. He's as good as it gets. You saw you saw a good slice of that. Thanks for watching that, Kenny. No, I enjoyed it, Sip. I really did. It was good. Where did you guys stay, by the way? Where were you? What hotel? Oh, we were at the Marriott yeah. in Iowa City. Yep, good yeah, choice. Just right down in that nice district, whatever they call that, and. 
um, yeah, it was, it was an excellent. That's where the team had stayed. Now we didn't, we did, we did, we came on Friday, right? But we just stayed there after the game. Gotcha. Well, let's get into that game, Sip. And well, let me get your take on seeing Iowa uh, in person. What was your, uh, you know, couple of uh, takeaways from watching the Hawks? First of all, I was really surprised that they were able, they were not able to do more than two point nine yards a carry on Nebraska. Uh, you know, week after Illinois. Uh, gas Nebraska for for five point five yards a carry. I mean, in Illinois, converted eleven of nine of eleven of seventeen third downs against Nebraska, and Iowa was four for fourteen. I guess I what I'm telling you is I, I expected more from Iowa's offense. Mm-hmm. You guys maybe didn't. No, I, I did. Did yep. Yeah, I, I was surprised they were not able to run the ball on Nebraska. Um. Their defense is good, though. I mean, I was really – I mean, come on. You got yep. great linemen. I mean, they, and, and they and they were a huge factor, obviously, uh, Chauncey Golston's play at the end. That's what that's what happens when you have guys like that, and they're not blocked well. They make the play. They make the play at the end to get them out of there with a win. 26-20, Iowa makes it six in a row against Nebraska, but – a lot of the conversation didn't really have to do with what was happening on the field. It was more some of the comments after the game and, well, I guess Clapgate. Let's get into that first. The clapping on the sidelines from Iowa. There's video of it. Maybe it's just my Iowa perspective. I don't see how that could be a big deal. We're not talking about a defensive lineman with signals. We're talking about a guy 40 yards away clapping. That's a problem. Maybe that's more of a Nebraska problem. Scott Frost, though, using that. It sounded like as an excuse. How was the takeaway from you, your vantage point, and Frost with yet another excuse for NL? Yeah, you know, at the time he said it, I didn't know what to think. I mean, I never, you know, I never, I didn't play football. So I didn't know what to make of it. So immediately I just called a few guys that that I know that played, and like Dom Rayola. You guys maybe mm-hmm. remember sure. Dominic. Yeah. Um, Dominic was an All-American at Nebraska in 2000 and started for the Detroit Lions yep. uh, for 13 full seasons. Had a hell of a career. Yeah. yeah, 203 games. So I asked Dominic about it, and he was, I mean, he was very frank in saying that, basically saying what Trent just said. You can't, that can't be an excuse. In fact, in fact, what Dom says is good on Iowa. I mean, good. I mean, push it. Push the envelope a little bit. Try to rattle that kid. Um, it's incumbent on the kid not to get rattled, and it's incumbent on Nebraska to make sure he's not rattled, and if he is, to do something about it. So that's the, And that was, by and large, I'd say the takeaway I've heard from the fan base. It wasn't good. like people jumped at Scott's defense. I mean, there's, a, there's always going to be that no matter what he says. But in this case, a lot of people are like, oh, wait a second, come on. That's going, that's pushing it too far. Now, I I, I was amazed by Kirk's response, Kirk's <laughs> yeah. response, but but it was funny. And I, I sort of like the fact he's striking back yep. these days. Back-to-back back weeks. Like I think yeah. yeah, I don't think that's a bad look. I, I mean, I think he felt like that was an affront. You know, it was sort of a, he took it personally mm-hmm. in his program. Right. And if he took it as a personal affront, um, I, I fully understand that. And I and I do appreciate coaches fighting back sometimes. 
Take the pig, leave the timeouts <laughs> the week before in Minnesota. That was That's really beautiful. good. Except, um, and I didn't realize, and I think it might have been Parker that actually brought it up when I was watching, the fact Nebraska quarterbacks have only thrown two touchdown passes this year, Sip. I mean, we I, when I look at this team, when I look at the, the team you cover, I mean, Robinson's a really nice player. But after that, Sip, there's not a lot, that, not a lot of skill in the receiver position. Adrian Martinez was... 18 of 20, that's pretty good numbers, but yet uh, for under 200 yards, I'm not sure what his longest completion was in the football game. Maybe it might have been one, I think it was Robinson, but you get my point. Um, that That's glaring to me. That sticks out to me. The lack of perimeter weapons yes. at the receiver position. Yep. Yeah, it's a, big, it's a big discussion here. Um, and it's a two-year discussion. They didn't, they didn't they didn't have a lot of that last year. Remember, they had Stanley Morgan in 2018, so that discussion wasn't, it, it, you know, we didn't have it because right. Stanley's a good out, outside perimeter receiver. And Spielman got but, a lot of balls. Well, he did, but come on. I mean, that, that, I mean, he's not a, like, I don't think of, he's five, hey, Kenny, he's five foot eight, 167 pounds. I mean, that's not what I, when I think of. I get your point. You want Owing Manning. You want 6'4", 220. Yeah, I want Lynn Swan out there. You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying. And so, yeah, no, that's a big discussion here. And it's a multifaceted discussion because, you know, I mean, can you get those guys here as part of it? I mean, at least that's the discussion I have in my head a lot of the time. Jay Norvell, whom you you guys are very familiar Mm -hmm. Former Hawkeye safety coach at Nevada uh, probably would come up there if that job's ever open. Jay's a Jay was an offensive coordinator here, and I always remember him telling me when he was here under Bill Callahan, it's going to be hard to recruit big time wideouts. Big time. I'm not talking about like you know, I don't know. I don't want to name anybody, but I'm talking about big time Maurice Purify wideout. Um, it's going to be hard to get them to a place like Nebraska, the very top-level guys, because they want to go to warmth, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and Nebraska still has the reputation, still has the reputation as a running school, as a power high school, even though it hasn't been for a long time. Stephen M. Simple joining us, Lincoln Journal stars. We take a look at Nebraska. It's uh, Purdue this week. Bob Diaco, old friend, old... Well, staff member. I don't know if he's a friend of many people, Diaco. A lot of different people have lots of opinions about him. But going up against his defense here, maybe a little something extra on the Nebraska sideline, a little little more oomph in practice this week? Oh, I don't think so, Trent. I don't think that that – I don't think Diaco inspires that sort of uh, emotion in Nebraska. I don't. He was here – he was just here for one year. Um, he just he was a, he just flashed through town and that was it. I mean, it wasn't a great stay, but I don't want to. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. I'll tell you what. I'm not going to do is get on the radio and trash Biaco. He walked into a terrible situation yeah. in Lake. I wrote a column that was, I guess, a little hard on him. I heard from some. He has fans because I heard from some Diaco <laughs> fans this week that I was too hard on him. He is sort of a lightning bolt or a lightning rod, lightning rod for for criticism. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I don't – all the personal stuff, I don't get into that. I just know this. Purdue's not playing well defensively right now. Nope. The last three games, it, it hasn't been a train wreck by any stretch of the imagination. But in the last three games, teams are converting third downs at a 52% rate. 
And in the last couple games, they have one takeaway and one sack. They're not, I mean, Purdue's slide is large, three games slide is largely because of the defense. Yeah, they can run the football. Uh, we saw that in week number one. I have no idea how lo- Iowa lost to that team, Sip. I don't, and what might have been, but you'll you'll see them this week. I want to talk to you about Illinois. If, if you um, think back a couple yeah, of weeks ago, is that who I, yeah. I Iowa plays them this week? I watched that game, Sip, and that was one of the reasons where we started uh, with your with your first answer. You thought I would be able to run the football because the week before you saw Illinois run at will for the most part uh, against that Huskers defense. Epstein is a battering ram. He is um, he, he's tough to get on on the ground. When you watch Illinois, I guess what would you think? Illinois is going to keep this game close. If what? If they play like they did against Nebraska, that would be one way to put it. And if Brandon Peters is that smooth, they had a really good game plan on offense against Nebraska, and Nebraska didn't structurally adjust. And I think Iowa. Um, is more apt to do that. I was a better defense in Nebraska. Um, so I don't, I can't believe that Illinois could, could average 5.5 yards per carry against Iowa. I just, yeah, no, now because, because, because Illinois averaged five and a half yards per carry against Nebraska, I think that gave Brandon Peters a lot of comfort and he operated very smoothly. I mean, he was, he looked excellent. I could, I mean, Brand, he looked, like all I could think of is, man, if Michigan still had this guy, they'd be in a lot better shape. Uh, but I don't think he plays like that all the time. Nebraska didn't show up, so I don't think I saw a representative example of Illinois. Now on defense, Illinois had been really bad, but they were really they caused Nebraska a lot of problems and clearly had the upper hand at the line of scrimmage, which I just don't think is very. I don't think that's common for Illinois. The one thing that's common about Illinois that they they that they do most of the time is they are a hard hitting team, and that can cause problems because they'll 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 force turnovers. That's what Lovey's all about. But I don't know. I I don't. I just don't think I saw uh, an Illinois because of how poorly Nebraska played. I think I got a skewed look at Illinois. I I don't know. But that said, I wasn't blown away by Iowa, I wouldn't be surprised if they have some trouble with Illinois. I'm right there with you. And the way that they can force turnovers, like you said, Sip, I think that's a recipe for disaster, because Spencer Petras, he's a problem at the quarterback position for the Hawks. Hey, final thing. You mentioned when we were talking about the the end of the game, Sip, uh, with Scott Frost. You know, the the temperature over there, he's not going to be fired after this season. He's still going to get another year. But you mentioned there weren't a whole lot of Nebraska fans coming to his defenses. How light is that bandwagon right now? The, the Scott Frost believes that this is going to be the guy that is going to finally get a turn back around. Oh, I, I mean, he's ten and nineteen. Yeah. You know, he's that's what he is at Nebraska. He's ten and nineteen. Four and eleven in one score games. Oof. Yeah, it's so. Of course, the bandwagon, the load is light, and, and you know, Trent. It's hard to say. Yeah. Exactly what it's hard to make those blanket statements. There's a lot of disappointment. I guess that's, there's a lot of disappointment, and there's a lot of you know. I think there's some some fear of the unknown in that you don't know where it's going. It's been a long, you know. It's it's been so long since Nebraska's been 
really relevant. Now they're pretty much completely irrelevant on the national scene, and and it's it's sort of humbling, right? I think it's pretty humbling for this fan base. Um, and I and I just don't. They, I think that I think the thing that is most that causes the most discomfort is the unknown. And meaning, is he going to get it? Is he going to pull this thing out of the tailspin? Because we're now it's in the tailspin. They're one and four, and, and if you don't, and if that sounds like too dramatic, they, you know, they've won two of their last eleven games. Jeez, I think that's a, I think that's a tailspin. I mean, yeah. <laughs> going back to last, season, they're, they're two and nine. I mean, so that the people wonder, is he going to be able to pull this thing out of the tailspin? Um, and I, you know, you won't know that probably till the end of next year um but you know we'll just have to see that's all i can say we just have to kind of see where it goes yeah i think you described it as the plane's heading down but you there's still some sky left is how you put it in your video <laughs> chat the other day to turn that yeah. plane around there's sky left you know, the ground's not in sight but when the ground gets in that's when you start panicking a little bit, right? Absolutely. Sip, uh, here's hoping the – well, we're going to talk to you next Wednesday regardless. Uh, but the Minnesota game sounds like it's yeah. it's iffy uh, with what's going on at the Gophers. Hope it happens. Sip, have a wonderful week. Thank you for doing this as always, Stephen. I appreciate it, pal. You're welcome. Uh, we'll do it again. Take care, guys. Talk to you next week. Stephen M. Sip, Lincoln Journal star as we talk a little Huskers. Bill Bender – uh, more college football conversation next. Uh, college football playoffs will come into focus with Bill. We'll get his take on what we saw last night and take a look at some of the upcoming games this week. It's Miller and Condon. We're here until noon. Cappy kicks off hour number two. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, to learn more. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. Bill Bender covers college football. He covers football. He covers a lot of things for the sporting news, but focusing obviously on college football. And Bill Bender joins the program. Bill Trent and Ken, as always, we appreciate your appearance here this morning. Um, let's go. Let's go back to last night. When, and I'm sure you were watching. I know you were because you wrote about Cincinnati very clo- very quickly after the program ended. Uh, just your take on Kirk Herbstreit and the Mia Culpa, etc. I got his point, uh, and I don't think I'm alone. Joel Clattrent informs me. He basically went on Twitter and said the same thing. Uh, was it just maybe, I don't know, the wrong place to have that opinion on an ESPN program like that? Your thoughts on what Kirk Herbstreit said last night before walking it back? Um. I understand the sentiment, and it's probably, you know, if you talk to enough coaches around the country, yeah, that's probably a thing. I just think you chose the wrong program, wrong moment, wrong, you know, because once you bring Michigan into it, and they have, they are on pause because of COVID-19 tests. They're not on pause because they play Ohio State next week. Right. I mean, that's just reality. And, you know, for as many things that have been written about Jim Harbaugh, I mean, anybody that thinks he would duck that game it's just not who he is. I mean, that's that's just not who he is as a coach, as a content competitor. And you know, I think Herb Street saw that right away and uh, walked it back. And it's just the unfortunate what we're living in in the Big Ten right now. I mean, from Minnesota to Columbus to Ann Arbor, there's COVID outbreaks all over the place. It's the reality that we live in. Ohio State, 
if this does play out in this fashion, they're going to try to play Michigan State this week. If they don't get to that championship game, they're still undefeated. They'll still get another data point, if you will, against Iowa or Wisconsin, more than likely in that crossover Champions Week uh, games that the Big Ten is going to be playing. If that happens, a resume that would be what six and zero, but not without that Big Ten championship moniker. How much, if any, do you think that hurts Ohio State in the eyes of the committee? I think as long as they go undefeated, they're going to be in. Mm-hmm, if they get too. between six and seven games, I think they're going to be in. Um, now, the, what that means to the Big Ten championship game, that's something completely different. I mean, where they have them, I mean, there's no reason to bump them down because I think the Texas A&M-Alabama thing or Texas A&M-Florida thing will take care of itself. Florida's going to play Alabama. Texas a and is going to be sitting there. Will be an interesting argument at the end of the road if it comes down to Ohio State, Texas A&M, but Texas A&M also has some COVID cancellations that have gone on during the season as well. And I wasn't impressed with them against LSU. I know it was raining was kind of uh, not the best uh, conditions for a football game. Uh, we'll we'll see. Where I want to go with you, and you wrote a really lengthy piece on this as well, and I enjoyed it. Uh, was on Tom Herman and his hot seat and and. Covering Urban Meyer as you did uh, in your proximity to Columbus uh, for as long as you did in the Meyer era. He's, what, 56 years old, I think you put in your piece. Uh, he's won college. He's won national championships, obviously. I couldn't agree with you more. He's terrific on Fox. I personally, I hope that's where he stays. Uh, that makes me watch that as opposed to game day. And he's very, very knowledgeable. When he breaks down a game on those Big Ten vignettes that he puts out there, uh, I can't get enough of them. You, as, as, uh, as well as you know him, do you think he's got one more coaching stint in him, Bill Bender? It'll be up to him. I mean, and the thing with Urban is that's going to come with a lot of intensity. He's probably the most hyper-competitive coach I've ever been around consistently. I mean, I know Saban and Dabo are too, so I don't want to say it that way, but, you know, the energy that he puts into recruiting, winning program, it speaks for itself. Florida, Ohio State, obviously both had unceremonious exits too. So, you know, it'll be on him if he wants to come out of that studio where he's also unsurprisingly fantastic. And if Texas wants that, they have to go get it. Um, Because if like to me, as I wrote in that piece, um, if Texas can't land Urban Meyer, I, I don't see a reason to move on from Tom Herman right now because there isn't that candidate out there unless they want to take a run at Matt Campbell um, that, that really lights it up. And there's another Big Ten school that might be taking a run at Matt Campbell yeah. if Harbaugh leaves. Yep. Yeah, and uh, the name is going to be continued mm-hmm. to be bandied about. Just the reality of the situation, and I think Cyclone fans just get used to it. Be happy the guy's there. And uh, doing his thing with Iowa State. Speaking of the Cyclones, they come in at number 9. The Big 12 championship shot, either Oklahoma or Iowa State. Do you see any, there's a path. Is there a realistic path at all for an Iowa State in Oklahoma with two losses to get into this thing? Uh, It's going to be hard. I think with two weeks, it's going to be tough. Now Oklahoma and Iowa State, they'll have a case, but I just think too much will have to happen around them. And the biggest thing that hurts is, you know, Clemson and Notre Dame, if Clemson wins Saturday, they that could be a play-in game. That could be a both play game, you know, and that's going to be the most interesting game on conference championship weekend other than maybe Florida-Alabama. So that's what those two conferences have created by playing more games. And, I, you know, I stick with that. You can't lose two games and make a playoff roll. Well, yeah. Florida-Alabama, Clemson-Notre Dame, they've benefited from that because they've all gone through what is 
as close to a full season as possible with one loss or less. What happened in Northwestern last week, Bill? Uh, turnovers. It means turnovers. Uh, you know, and when you play Michigan State, and the, this has happened over the years, I mean, Michigan State traditionally has a tough defense. And uh, the turnovers got to them. Rocky Lombardi was able to slip away on some key third downs and get first downs with his legs. Um, Northwestern came out flat early. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing with the Big Ten, and this is an entirely plausible scenario. Let's say Wisconsin and High State, you know, they, they finish, High State finishes 5-0 and and Wisconsin finishes 4-1 and and Northwestern somehow loses to Illinois. You could have a Big Ten championship game with Northwestern and Indiana with two losses each because I think Wisconsin beats Indiana this weekend. Then you have Ohio State and Wisconsin sitting at home. And yeah. that would just be a cherry on top of the mess that has been this season. You know, could it could it make actually be better for the Big Ten and for Ohio State in particular uh, if indeed somehow they do get matched up against a now-ranked Iowa or a ranked Wisconsin team? I, I just think maybe there's there, there's more to gain in the eyes of the committee uh, if they're playing somebody else other than Northwestern, Bill. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be what it is, and it's going to be interesting to see what how they play that out. I mean, Ohio State's being looked at differently by different people. I, I still think they're a top-four team. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Cincinnati, as I wrote, Cincinnati has a pretty compelling case, too, based on who they've played and, and getting through a full season. But, you know, it's just hard for that group of five team to break through. I think Cincinnati's a little bit different. Um, honestly, if Cincinnati played Indiana or Northwestern, I'd probably pick the Bearcats to win the game. Indiana, yeah, I, I think yeah. I would too. Those two, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, that's the only ranked matchup this week is Michael Penixless Indiana mm-hmm. against Wisconsin this week. It's not a great slate of games, I guess. Do you have a full breakdown and preview of Liberty against Coastal Carolina? <laughs> Might be the most compelling game of the weekend. Yeah, it really is, and they get the game day spotlight. I love that. Frankly, they deserve that. Um, had a fantastic season. Uh, quarterback's good and a chance to maybe even get into a New Year's Day 6 bowl. But, but here's something that's being exposed this year as well, is if you have a situation where Cincinnati's not going to get in the playoffs, and then you know it just it comes increasingly clear that that's not going to happen in the four-team era, mm-hmm. when I do a four-team group of five playoff yep. yeah. with Cincinnati, Marshall, um, BYU, Carolina, and there's another unbeaten out there too, I thought. I'm, BYU. Yeah. Buffalo or BYU. Yeah. Well, Buffalo is BYU is an independent. Put sure, but put them in. in. Yeah, or Buffalo. We watch Jared Patterson run all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- that would be just as entertaining to me. And, and you give them something to win and something to build on. But you know, that's that, that allure or, or even the minute possibility of getting in the college football playoff has kept that from happening. You know what, Bill? I think you're 100% right here because it's it's going to take – miracle's not the right word when you're talking about a sport, but you get my point. It's going to take a, an incredible set of circumstances for any of them to get one of those four spots if we stay at four. I tune in. I think the country would lap that up, Bill. If you put, you know, put those four teams together. If you want to, I mean, okay, in the uh, BYU's independent, I'd still make them part of it. Uh, but that's compelling when we're talking about you. Is it BYU? Is it Buffalo? Does I mean, that that would? I'm not sure that people would tune in for that uh, TV show like we do on Tuesday night. What's the likelihood that happens in the years ahead? Well, I mean, if they go to eight, probably not, because an eight-team playoff would almost certainly guarantee the group of five one of those spots the way they would do it 
and there would be years where that would be dicey because you could have a two-loss group of five school get in the playoff and, and at the expense of a power five school. So I think they're all really real discussions, and, and we'll see them down the line. But I think it's all about labeling. You know, Coastal Carolina versus Marshall in the Myrtle Beach Bowl is one thing, but Coastal Carolina versus Marshall in a group of five national semifinal, I mean, you just increased your viewership by – 200%. You did. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, we're out of time. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Thanks good, for having me on. Good to talk to you. Bill Bender, Sporting News. Miller and Condon back hour two. Cappy kicks it off. 1460, 106.3 FM. Urology Center of Iowa is taking calls to make your vasectomy appointment before the end of the year. You can maximize your insurance benefits and watch football during bowl season and college hoops when you get back on your feet with the help of the doctors at the Urology Center of Iowa. Call 515-400-3550. That's 515-400-3550 to set up your appointment today. Or go online to iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. 